1980 and 100.9 FM. This is a special presentation of Fort Wayne Sports Station, ESPN Radio 1380 and 100.9 FM. It's the High School Coaches Show. Here's your host, Justin Kinney. Back after a long hiatus, this is the ESPN High School Coaches Show. ESPN Radio 1380, 100.9 FM. I am Justin Kenny here with D.C. Hendricks producing here till 7 o'clock, talking area high school basketball. It's been a minute, D.C. Been several weeks, in fact. I thought we were going to be back next week, last week, but uh, didn't get the nod over Purdue basketball. So here we are. We got a lot of basketball to catch up That's with. That's right. And right back at our shenanigans where we picked up at. Yeah, me taking your headphones just about as we uh, mm-hmm. go on air and... Uh, you know, you pushing random buttons to try to That's fluster right. me, which usually works. It does. It's so, awesome. So, uh, yeah, we are unprofessional as they come here. <laughs> Putting random sounds in your ear. <laughs> like, are we even on right now? I it's love right. doing that. I mean, it's it's better off if I'm not, let's be honest. But, uh, hey, here we're back. Back 2020. They we still let me in the building. My fob works to unlock the door. That's so, right. similar to why it worked in the newspaper industry, you never know you were going to get the axe. So, if the uh, door opens when you put your fob down. It's a good day, but we got a lot to talk about here over the next hour. Dan Vance outside the huddle will join us here in just a couple minutes, as he does each and every week to kick off the show. We got a lot of basketball to go over, as we haven't been around here for close to a month, it feels like. But uh, it's going to be Bishop Lures night, D.C. We're going to have Fonzo White on, uh, boys basketball coach at Bishop Lures. The Knights had a big three-win week last week. We'll talk about that and look ahead to the weekend for the Knights. Brandon Appleton of Angola, girls basketball coach, will be on about the bottom of the hour. And uh, one of the teams that's kind of being overlooked, a lot of talk about Homestead per usual, Southside, some excitement elsewhere, but uh, the Norwell girls have been very good. Uh, but Angola rolling, and we'll talk to Brandon Appleton about his team. And then we'll keep on the uh, girls basketball uh, topic in about 645, Mark Pixley of the Bishop Lures Lady Knights will join us uh, to wrap up the show. So plenty to talk about, plenty to get to. Let's jump right into it. First guest, Dan Vance, outside the huddle.net. Dan, how you doing? I'm doing great. How are you guys doing? Hey, we're doing fantastic here. Uh, first show of 2020, and uh, it's been a while since we talked uh, about basketball on the radio in this setting. So, man, what have we missed over the last? Let's <laughs> recap the holidays. Let's recap the the tournaments around the the new year. I mean, what is going on in the last couple weeks that we should catch people up on? Oh man, there's a lot. There's a lot. I don't think we've been on since before the SAC holiday tournament. So obviously, you had Homestead. Uh, repeating as SAC Holiday Tournament champions, and Carroll uh, winning that and kind of asserting themselves as possibly the team to beat in the SAC on the boys' side as we're now getting uh, kind of heavy into the uh, the boys into the SAC. And that's kind of your big thing is what we took out of that Holiday Tournament and Carroll's domination. Snyder with a big win over Homestead in the semifinals of that sets up a big game this Friday. Uh, so I think we're, we're really excited about where the SAC is and where some of those top-level SAC teams are, including Bishop Brewers. I know you're going to talk to Coach White here in a little bit uh, and how well they are. So that's where it's at with, uh, with the boys. The girls are kind of thinned out now. We kind of know who's going to win what. Angola guaranteed at least a share of the NECC. Woodland guaranteed at least a share of the ACAC. Uh, we'll know more about the Northeast Eight after this weekend's matchups, and Homestead obviously running away with the SAC on the girls' side. 
Let's talk a little bit before we get into the boys on the girls' side, that Northeast 8 race. You have four teams currently tied at the top, top of the conference at 3-1. and one. Uh, All three have at least 11 or more wins on the season. Norwell, Huntington North, Belmont, Columbia City. Uh, what do we take out of that four-way tie currently atop the conference? Well, I think we take a lot of interest in the fact that I really thought this was a conference Norwell was going to run away with. We obviously know Belmont lost Grace Hunter, and that's a huge loss. Uh, but they've been playing really good basketball. I watched them beat Columbia City last week, uh, last Friday, to kind of set up this tie. Uh, so, you know, kind of reminded us that, you know, Belmont built a program around Grace Hunter. But the thing to remember is that Andy Heim, uh, the coach of, of Belmont, built a program around Grace Hunter. He didn't just build Grace Hunter. And I think that we're kind of being reminded of that, that this is a program now and not just a team that got good because they had a good player uh, during the process. And, you know, I'm really excited about Huntington North. I watched them play Carroll this year in a loss. But this is a team that was not very good last year, uh, graduated their best player, Matty Robrock, got a new coach, Matt Hines, coming over from being an assistant on Craig Teagle's staff on the boys' side, and have looked really, really good. Uh, this is a program on the rise for Huntington North. Uh, a chance this week in Huntington North and Columbia City play, Norwell and Belmont play, so... This four-way tie is going to be down to a two-way tie at the end of the weekend. And so for a Huntington North program, uh, for a Belmont program that we didn't think were necessarily going to be in this race, to both have a chance to at least share this conference, uh, I think speaks volumes about what both of those coaches have done. Yeah, you mentioned Huntington North. They've won eight in a row heading into the weekend. Belmont, six straight. In fact, they started 0-3. They went to Woodland for game two and scored 25 points in a loss. And, and Woodland's good at 13 wins. But since that, a loss to Bishop DeWenger on the road November 19th, they've lost just one time on the road at East Noble, which kind of does put a wrench into their uh, to their uh, you know uh, conference championship hopes, considering East Noble is kind of on the outside looking in at 2-2. Two and two. Yeah, Belmont, I think what helps them is coming into the season, we knew Megan Busick was going to be solid uh, coming off a torn ACL still, and Kenzie McMahon was good. But they've been able to work with their depth, and, and Emma Keene and Kenzie Fueling uh, and Morgan Schifferly have been playing extremely good basketball. And so that's what's really helping them is, like I said, it's they've built this program, and these girls who you know, were kind of ancillary characters in the past or maybe even – focused on the JV in the past, they've been built up, and the Belmont program was held to a higher standard when Grace Hunter was there, uh, and her class kind of held the younger girls to that standard, so uh, I think it's a, a lot about the, the environment that existed at Belmont in the last four years, and that's really what's pushing them forward this year. Dan Vance outside the net, joining us here on the ESPN High School Coaches Show on a Thursday evening. Dan, let's switch over to the boys' side. Let's look at the SAC. We have the big Homestead and Snyder showdown coming up tomorrow at Homestead. Homestead and Carroll, the lone undefeated teams left in the conference. You mentioned a little bit earlier you feel going into 2020, could Carroll be that team to beat in the league? But plenty of teams, six teams with just one loss or zero losses in the league thus far. Uh, what are your predictions? How do you see feel this thing will play out over the next couple weeks? Well, you have a lot of those interesting matchups. Obviously, Carroll will still have Snyder and Homestead. Um, Snyder, you know, those teams are all going to play each other still here and and play both of those teams. I think those are the three front runners. Homestead coming off that win on Tuesday over Blackhawk Christian, I think is a really good win for them. I didn't think that they would win that game. I thought Blackhawk Christian had just been rolling along uh, and was going to continue to do so. Uh, But Homestead looked more like a team that is going to provide variety. We saw a little bit of a stagnant team in the holiday tournament, especially against 
Snyder. They got into some foul trouble. Uh, I've had heard multiple people say that they just look like a bunch of football players out there playing basketball. It was a lot smoother Tuesday. They looked like a basketball team. Uh, you can only imagine that Chris Johnson was going to take any kinks that were in that program and work them out. Uh, and as long as Homestead can play smooth, go deep, when you're talking about guys like Alex Grinsfelder uh, contributing a lot, uh, Preston Barker being able to come in and contribute with his physicality and his second effort, uh, I think that's going to go a long way for Homestead. I think they're still the team to beat, but I think that Snyder and, and Carroll are still right there. I mean, Snyder's off to their best start in 10 years as well. Um, you know, they're only real let down since the holiday tournament was a tough loss to Lawrence North at Bankers Life last Saturday, but pretty much everybody's losing to Lawrence North, so that's not too big of a loss. Dan, let's touch on Blackhawk Christian. No conference race for them, obviously. They're independent, but, you know, they play very well. At least Caleb, Caleb first played well on Tuesday night, and so many people talking about can this team make a run in two-way. You look at a Manchester sectional now that they're in with an upstart Wabash team. It's been pretty good. Uh, Bluffton as well, but by and large, you're looking at a, a sectional that you don't feel anybody is really going to challenge them. Uh, they could potentially play a Prairie Heights or Central Noble or Westview or even Cherubusco. Uh, in a first regional game, uh, you look in that 2A, perhaps it's a, a Bowman Academy. I don't know if they're any good. They could potentially play them in the night of the regional. Um, it, it just looks like at least through the first couple rounds of the postseason, nobody's going to be able to touch uh, Blackhawk Christian despite being in a higher class. Yeah, and it's really been kind of one of those surprises. Again, another team where you know the system's in place. But so many guys that did so many important things last year gone to graduation. But then you have other guys who have come in and stepped in. Zane Burke has stepped up his game to another level. I know he didn't play well Tuesday against Homestead, but I've seen him in person twice this year. He's been the best player on the court that night. Obviously not to take away from Caleb first. He's clearly the best player on the court, and we all know that. But Zane has played like the best player. Marcus Davidson's been getting more and more consistent with his scoring. The person on this team that I've been most impressed with uh, is Callan Wood, who is a kid who didn't play last year on the varsity level and has come in and slid into a starting role, is an excellent defender, uh, will chip in his points here and there. I mean, he's going to give you six days a night. He can shoot the ball with some consistency. He can get to the basket. He's just one of those confident and competent glue guys. He reminds me a lot like Abe Hicks was last year. Uh, for that team, and the more of those guys they can have, that's what's going to help Blackhawk Christian make a run in two-way, is to have those guys. You know what Caleb First and Zane Burke and Marcus Davidson are going to do, but what the Callan Woods and the Jake Boyers are going to do is going to tell a lot about what they'll do in the postseason. Yeah, Jake Boyer was the guy that they looked to step up on Tuesday night, was broke from three, and they need him to make shots. They need Zane Burke, as he traditionally does, make some shots, but he was off on Tuesday. That really allowed Homestead to key on Caleb first throughout the game, double even, triple team him when he touched the uh, ball on the block. Uh, Dan, let's look at the Northeast 8. We have a trio of teams at 2-0 and atop that conference. I think that shakes out in the next couple weeks. We feel Norwell is the has the edge on everybody else, but New Haven is shown they can play some good ball leo went to norwell last weekend and played good basketball before losing late so how do you see this conference shaking out you know it's going to be interesting obviously we're going to get leo and new haven as a matchup this weekend that's that's going to alter some things uh obviously if if leo could take that game off of new haven and norwell's more in the driver's seat leo's a team that's very strong they struggle to shoot the ball uh last weekend at norwell went one from 12 from three-point range uh, Blake Davison, who's their star, was 0 for 6. Uh, so if they're not shooting the ball well, they're going to have a little bit of an issue. But they're playing strong inside. You know, DJ Allen, 
is playing the best basketball of his career, just a sophomore. That's the thing about this Leo team. There's no seniors on this team. They're, they're a very young team. They have all their important pieces back next year. And when they're running into a team like Norwell, what we saw with Norwell last weekend was Norwell is just so well-oiled at this point. They know what to expect. Their seniors, Drew Federspiel and Connor Torson, um, two of their seniors stepping up into bigger roles this year. And Will Geiger does whatever he can. You know, I mean, he had 21 points and 15 rebounds against Leo. He kind of does what he wants at Will, uh, no pun intended. So if he can do that, then I think Norwell is definitely your favorite. But I'm, I'm looking forward to a Norwell and New Haven matchup here in a couple weeks. Dan, some news we got today with uh, IHSAA Commissioner Bobby Cox set to retire in the summer at the end of the school year. Uh, he's implemented a lot of different things under his tenure. Success factor, probably uh, the most recognizable. Um, everybody has a different opinion on success factor. Is it good? Is it bad? Is it horrible? What is your opinion on how success factor has worked in the major sports in the state of Indiana? I think it's been decent in some roles. Um, obviously, you see a team uh, like Central Nobles and girls this year so successful uh, back-to-back years, making it as a state contender and obviously winning the state title in one of those years, but then they graduate their top two players in the history of their program, and now they have to go up to 3A without them this year. Uh, and, and still a good Central Noble program. They're, they're making waves. They're still alive in the NECC tournament, get a chance to play in goal tomorrow in a semifinal. But that's a team that's probably not going to make a run in 3A. I don't know if they make a run in 2A at this point. So it's tough, and I think that uh, a black-and-white approach isn't always the way to go from that perspective. But at the same time, from a Bobby Cox perspective, you, you kind of have to do black-and-white. You know, you, It's tough to say, well, we'll make decisions based on a team-by-team basis um, because then you kind of get into the politics of the world and you know everyone's going to complain about something in some way. So... Uh, you know, success factor is a thing that it has been successful um, for the most part, and, and a lot of things that Bobby has done, and and that's just uh, that's an interesting thing with him retiring is he's brought whether you've liked him or not stability to the IHSA. Bobby Cox has been kind of I don't want to say ruled with an iron fist, but he's been the guy, and so it, it could change a lot of things. And you hope that whoever they bring in to replace him uh, and take on that role can bring some of that same stability. I think my biggest thing with Bobby Cox is transparency. I mean, anytime we reached out to him and wanted to comment on something or to get an interview with him or have him on this show or whatever radio program we were doing, if he could accommodate you, he absolutely would. So he didn't hide behind bureaucracy. He was a guy that you could engage and ask the questions, even the tough questions, to, and he wouldn't shy away from them. So uh, hopefully his successor will have a lot of the same uh, characteristics or character traits as uh, as Bobby Cox did. Dan, before we let you go, I want to hit you with this. We had a very cool atmosphere at Blackhawk on Tuesday night, Homestead and Blackhawk. It was sold out. They weren't letting anybody in after about a half hour left before the, the tip-off. We had Roy Williams in the house, Tom. Uh, a lot of people said it was one of the best atmospheres that they've ever experienced at the high school basketball level, uh, at least in the regular season. I think it's a different animal in the postseason when you get into regional and semi-state. But uh, short list, maybe if there's one or two games in your mind that stand out better Best atmospheres that you've experienced in regular season high school basketball? Well, that's tough. You know, I think I go back uh, a couple of years to Northside Blackhawk Christian uh, played at Northside and ended up being a blowout win uh, for that Northside team. The Lucas Croft, Keon Brooks, Austin Boucher Northside team was a was a really great atmosphere. I think anytime you can go to Westview for a game, it's an amazing atmosphere. I'm going to be there tomorrow night for the NECC semifinals when they play uh, Prairie Heights. I can't imagine 
that I'm going to see a better atmosphere, maybe even in the playoffs this year, than I'm, what I'm going to see tomorrow night on a Friday night at Westview. I think that uh, you can go to Westview on Tuesday and get a great atmosphere. Um, there, there's just certain places that draw that in. Obviously, Blackhawk Christian, because of the size, um, when you pack it, it's an awesome atmosphere. Uh, a place like East Noble usually puts on a, a pretty good crowd, and I've always enjoyed games there, too. So I, I think more often than not, you, it's kind of based on where you go. But, you know, if there's a short list, it's Westview. If you've never been to a Westview game, especially on a Friday night, uh, you need to make the uh, the trip up to Topeka because it's certainly worth it. Dan, I'm going to throw a game at you, and we're both Northside guys, and I remember this game like it was yesterday. It was February 12th, 1999. Yes, it was. Way back. Concordia. Concordia, absolutely. Uh, basically, the SAC was on the line. Uh, Concordia was a 20-win team. Uh, North was a 21-win team that year. Tim ranking his second year at Concordia. Glenn Heaton, of course, at North. I remember that atmosphere. It was capacity crowd in there. It was it was as electric with the drop ceilings. The sound has nowhere to go in there. Yeah. And that is, to me, I have never experienced a better atmosphere in a regular season basketball game than that one. I certainly have never experienced a better atmosphere in a SAC uh, regular season game. Now, holiday tournament uh, gets a little bit different sometimes in the peak years, but yeah, that one was uh, fantastic. Uh, I remember that game very well with the old Northside gym. Nowhere to go. I mean, yeah, it was standing room only. I was on my feet most of the time. Uh, Bernard Hollins for Northside, Demetrius Files for Concordia was uh, absolutely, yeah, I'm glad you bring that up. Absolutely one of the best environments ever. And our Redskins won that game, 83-71. Yeah, it was, the a, was a heck of a game. Yeah. So yeah, that 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 vividly that that's one of my best memories of of high school and of watching basketball in this town and definitely of the old Northside Gymnasium that uh, that still exists. Dan, it's a library. It is a library, but the the <laughs> stay the gym is still there. You and I have seen the behind the scenes. The, they it could, is. They could tear down those temporary walls and play next week if they had to. I don't know about next week, but they certainly can get it going. <laughs> All right, Dan, you are you are the czar of knowledge of high school basketball in the area. Thanks a lot, as always. And uh, real quick, what do we got going on at OutsideTheHuddle.net? Well, obviously we're going to have coverage of the NECC uh, semifinals and finals as well as the ACAC. Uh, those going on this weekend with semifinals uh, tomorrow night, finals on Saturday. Uh, feature on Columbia City's Mason Baker coming out tomorrow as well. Uh, should be a good one. If you don't know Mason's story, it's a very interesting story uh, to be told. So you can check that out tomorrow. All right, Dan. Always a pleasure. We'll talk to you next week. Hey, thanks, guys. Be nice to DC. Uh, we will, maybe. <laughs> thanks, bud. That was Dan Vance outside the huddle.net joining us. Uh, he said, be nice to DC, Mr. Hendricks. We'll see if that happens. You know, he's the one who treats me like dirt during the commercial breaks, right? He comes on and plays this woe it is me crap when we come out of breaks, but uh, he's he's sadistic. He's sadistic. So, uh, yeah, we're with D.C. here for the rest of, of, of the hour till 7 o'clock. We're going to take a break. Coach Fonzo White, Bishop Lewis Knights, will join us when we come back. This is the ESPN High School Coaches Show on ESPN Radio 1380, 100.9 FM. You're listening to the High School Coaches Show on Fort Wayne Sports Station, ESPN Radio 1380 and 100.9 FM. Welcome back to the High School Coaches Show, ESPN Radio 1380, 100.9 FM. I'm Justin Kenny, D.C. Hendricks producing, here till 7 o'clock, talking area high school basketball. D.C., what do we got coming up at 7 o'clock? Do you even know? Well, let's look at the schedule. I guess we should know. Cincinnati and Memphis. Bearcats taking on Memphis. Random random basketball games on the radio, but hey, um, tune in. You don't have to listen to IU lose. 
So at least tune in and listen to Cincinnati and Memphis. Coming up tomorrow night, uh, ESPN Radio 1380, 100.9 FM. We'll have the girls-boys doubleheader out at Homestead, Snyder Panthers, Homestead Spartans. Uh, big SAC matchup coming up on the boys' side tomorrow in the second game of that doubleheader. Uh, another team that's looking to uh, crash the party at the top of the SAC had a very productive week last week. Three dubs, including two on the road uh, at Marion and at Hamilton Heights. Bishop Lewis sits six and three, heading into a road matchup with Carroll coming up tomorrow night. Head coach of the Knights is Fonzo White, and he joins us right now. Coach, how are you? I'm doing all right. Kenny, thank you for having me on. Yeah, thanks for coming on, buddy. It's, it's a first-timer. We haven't had you on. Well, I was, I was on with uh, Rupp, uh, Brett, Brent last week, last year, but, hey, great for you guys to have me on. Yeah, absolutely, Coach, and uh, congratulations on, on a great week. As I mentioned last week, you guys go to Marion, and I know Jalen Blackman's injured, but still to go into uh, Bill Green Athletic Arena and get a dub last Tuesday was big, and then you got, come back with a back-to-back over Concordia Friday, and then I think your most impressive game of the week at Hamilton Heights, an eight-win Heights team that you go there, put a conference game behind you, and rebound and play well and get a 78-72 victory at Heights on Saturday. All of a sudden, you guys are are playing some pretty good basketball in the new year. Yeah, the guys are doing a great job of coming in, working hard in practice. And, you know, like you said, with Jalen Blackman out, you know, they kind of edged us last year here at our place. And, you know, going into there, I told the guys, regardless if he's able to play or not, I said, you play the program, you don't play the individual. And, you know, they took that to heart, and we played some of our best basketball that night. And then, you know, like you said, we came back on Friday night to, you know, get back at it in the conference play and try to stay atop of the SAC. And, again, you know, we go down to Hamilton Heights, and it, and it was like a regional environment. And, you know, I think Coach Ballinger felt the same way. Uh, the coaches reached out to me after and said, asked for the, our game down because theirs had messed up and said that they would see us in the regional. And I told them we don't want to get on ourselves yet. We're still trying to get through conference play. Yeah, I don't want to look too far ahead, but I think, you know, those back-to-backs in January have to pay off in March when you play a, a competitive Concordia team Friday in a conference and have to come back on Saturday and hit the road. Those values, those those lessons learned will definitely pay dividends, I have to think. Yeah, sir, and, I, and that's kind of like when Kevin Godfrey, the athletic director, and I sat down and was looking at the schedule. I told him that, you know, if we can, we want to get three games in a week. If we can, so we can prepare ourselves for sectional and to try to play the toughest schedule that we can play, you know, to get us tested for when we get to sectionals. Coach, let's talk about some of your guys. Somebody that's really burst onto the scene and really caught some guys, some people uh, unawares is Demarcus Hudson, particularly the way he started the season. But uh, a little bit about your senior that is your leading scorer right now. Yes, sir. Hud uh, is one of those guys that you know. Again, he went down last year after our fifth game, and you know we, we were glad to get him back this summer and get him back in. You know, investing time in the gym and getting him prepared for this season. Uh, he's taking on that big senior leadership role for us, and you know, with the touch of the homestead games, you know, he's been very productive on the scoring end. But you know, what gets overshadowed is the defensive effort that he puts out there. And that's something, you know, in a lot of t- cases you can't coach. I mean, a kid's going to want to want to have to play defense to be a good defender. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. And, again, you know, he's one of those guys who's always communicating on the floor. And he helps the other younger guys out, you know, especially with the first one, Nick Thompson, and then with Nayland out there on the floor as well. 
Yeah, Nalen, he's only a junior. feels like he's been around a lot longer, but having a sensational year for you, averaging almost 17 a game, six rebounds a, 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 a game, uh, leads you in uh, assists per game. Uh, a little bit about your junior. Yeah, just like with Hunt, you know, both of those guys are guys that, you know, they, they do just about everything for us, especially with Nalen, you know, like you said, he's in on the rebounds, he's handling the basketball for us, dishing out assists. Uh, he's trying to get on the floor for loose balls. He'll take a charge here and there. Uh, you know, just a phenomenal kid and a great kid in the classroom. Uh, high academic achieving. Uh, very smart kid and just a joy to have on the floor to be coaching. And Jalen Causey, we had a, a really good week for you last week. Another senior that's contributing a lot for you. Yes, sir. And, you know, he's part of our big three that we have. You know, when those three guys are going, you know, I feel like we, we can not we can beat anybody when those three guys are going. And then especially if uh, freshman Nick Thompson gets going as well. You know, we have a strong group of talented kids that can all score and from anywhere on the floor. Coach, when, when you came into the SAC last year, you know, this team went 4-18 and 18 last year. I only had a one win the year before under Will Huberts. This was a program that, and a conference that once you drop towards the bottom of the conference, it can be extremely, extremely difficult to move your way back up. You have talent that all of a sudden dries up. They want to play elsewhere. They don't come in. Uh, you know, you can, you can really struggle to get out of it. Now you guys sit 6-3. and three. Two of your losses have come to Homestead. The other one to Warren Central playing some good basketball right now. What were the keys to turn the page on last year, but also take some lessons into year two under your tutelage? Well, like you said, coming into the FAC, you know, it was a learning experience for me. Just you know, being in a situation where we have to be battle tested from night in and night out, especially in the conference play with you know teams like Carroll, teams like Homestead, teams like Snyder. Uh, you know, we just had to sit back in the gym and get guys developed skill-wise and then get everybody on the same page to buy into what we were trying to do together and get them to understand that they're playing for each other and not for me as a coach, but they're playing for each other as players. And, you know, they got to play hard for each other and not for me. And, you know, I think that kind of helped us out this summer when we were able to play in the Charlie Hughes and all those other events that we played in and went 9-1. and one. It gave us that team bonding time to build a program the way we wanted to. Coach, you get another back-to-back coming up this weekend, and uh, it's a tough one. You go to Carroll on Friday, and then you get Blackhawk Christian at home on Saturday night. Uh, what do you want to see out of your group to to get a win on Friday and then kind of uh, kind of fly by the seat of your pants on Saturday in the non-conference game against Caleb First and the uh, Braves? Well, first off, you know, Coach Beasley, he's going to have his kids ready to play regardless of, you know, some people say they don't have the Asia kid anymore but you know he's got Jackson he's got Balmer he's got the gross kid and you know those kids are going to play hard for him and they're going to run their system to a T and you know we just got to be prepared to you know to do what we do and try to play our game if we can play our game if not you know we'll play their game and hopefully we can go the distance coach you mentioned of course on Saturday yeah no go ahead yeah talk Uh, of course on Saturday night you know coach Davidson does a great job with those guys and getting those guys ready to play. You know, I think the biggest thing there is, you know, you got to stop a kid like Caleb first, you know, and then you got to look at Zane Burke and, of course, the Marcus Davidson kid as well. Coach, like we said, it's in your second year now here at Bishop Lures. What are some of the things that you've but at the SAC and Fort Wayne basketball in general? 
just the whole transfer of kids, you know, with kids not being happy playing somewhere and then leaving to go to the next place. And, you know, I'm kind of fortunate that at Lures, you know, I didn't lose anybody and everybody stayed and the kids bought into what I was trying to give, give them and the direction I was trying to take them. So, you know, that they stuck around and, you know, that I think that's paying dividends for us right now, you know, that we got a great group of kids that want to stick by each other and want to play with each other. Coach, you got two big ones coming up this weekend. Thanks a lot for joining us. Good luck going into the weekend. Keep up the good work, my man. Hey, thank you, guys. That's Coach Fonzo White, Bishop Lures, joining us. Uh, his Knights team won three straight last week after losing back-to-back games to Homestead on the December 20th and the 27th. Uh, they came out, beat Marion last Tuesday, beat Concordia on Friday, and went to Hamilton Heights and beat an eight-win Heights team on Saturday, 78-72. to Doesn't get any easier for the Knights. They go to Carroll, the field house, on Friday night for an SAC matchup, and then they host Blackhawk Christian on Saturday, a team that's going to really want to put uh, behind them a loss to Homestead on Tuesday. We're going to take a break. We'll talk some NECC basketball with Brandon Appleton of the Angola Hornets. When we come back, you are listening to the ESPN High School Coaches Show, ESPN Radio 1380, 100.9 FM. Now back to the High School Coaches Show with Justin Kinney on Fort Wayne Sports Station, ESPN Radio 1380 and 100.9 FM. Welcome back to Thursday edition of the ESPN High School Coaches Show. Justin Kenny, D.C. Hendricks here producing till 7 o'clock, talking area high school basketball. Thank you to Coach Fonzel White before the break. We spoke about the uh, Bishop Lures Knights, how they've won three straight into the new year. Uh, a really huge weekend coming up for them uh, with a game at Carroll tomorrow night and the home against Blackhawk Christian on Saturday. Once again, coming up tomorrow night, doubleheader from Homestead. You can listen right here on ESPN Radio 1380. Uh, Jay Prince will bring you the girls' game. Brett Rump will have the boys' game between the Snyder Panthers and the Homestead Spartans. Coverage begins at 555 Girls game tips at 6 o'clock. A big ramifications on the boys' side in that one for the SAC regular season championship. A team that has really taken control of the NECC regular season and is uh, actually in the middle of the NECC tournament on the girls' side of the Angola Hornets. The head coach of the Hornets, Brandon Appleton, joins us right now on the air. Coach, how are you? Not too bad. How about you guys? We're hanging in, my friend, and uh, I think congratulations are in order. You got this win uh, in the, at the end of December, but uh, win number 100. You were honored last night against Cherubusco at home, your first home game since you got it. So 105 and 39 in six years so far. Not too shabby. Yeah, we've we've had a lot of success. A lot of, you know, not, there's nothing I'm doing. All these kids come out here and give me great effort. Uh, a lot to be thankful for with, you know, the people I get to work with. And a sectional championship uh, a year ago. How have expectations now gone up after winning a sectional? Um, they, a lot hasn't changed in terms of expectations. Uh, the first few years there, as Concordia kept putting us out and putting us out, uh, we kind of made it known that uh, our expectation was the, the, the level of Concordia, uh, not necessarily some of the schools that we see in conference, but uh, we felt we could – you know, we were close enough to start really competing with some of those SAC schools, and uh, since that's kind of where the sectional goes through, it just felt right to kind of make that the bar, and let's let's make sure we do everything we can to achieve it. 
And this team on a roll haven't lost since uh, mid-November. You guys are 15-2 and two after knocking off Cherubusco uh, last night. You get Central Noble tomorrow on the road. How well is this team playing? Because, uh, you know, we can look at the scores. We can look at, uh, you know, the results. But uh, you tell us, is this team really coming along as well as it looks? Uh, no, actually, we still have a starter out with a knee injury, Kayla Fenstermaker, who has been uh, a four-year varsity player for us. She's kind of our glue. Uh, that kind of holds everything together. So I think we still have more in the tank, which is, you know, always a good sign. When do you expect uh, Kayla to get back? Uh, tomorrow morning she is expected to be cleared for play. Um, I probably won't be able to play her much throughout the weekend. I'd like to see her get through a full practice before we throw her to the Wolves. But uh, she'll have plenty of time then to kind of get herself back in the basketball shape as we kind of head towards that postseason run, hopefully. And coach, you've had some balance scoring between between behind Kayla and of course Hala Noel or Hannah Noel. Lauren Leach has been good, a sophomore. Um, Allie Lawrence has been good, the senior. You've gotten some contributions here and there from Maisie Strand. So uh, some decent complementary scoring behind Hannah uh, on the offensive end. Yeah, it's it's key. Um, there's there's no doubt. Coaches when they watch film, they can see what Hannah and Lauren. Uh, can really do in terms of how they play and uh, in order to make their jobs a little easier you know any any baskets that our girls can get outside of those two uh, just makes things a lot easier for everybody and hopefully they can continue to grow it's uh you know it's nice to see a sophomore like Lauren stepping up this year and then I got another one Danny Dunham coming off the bench who's just been a real tough little kid for us uh doing a lot of great things defensively and she can she finds ways to put the ball in the basket and, and helping us out and uh, same thing with Megan Nyson as well. Just, you know, you couldn't ask for more. How would you describe Hannah Knoll's game? I mean, I think, she, you know, last couple of years she was overshadowed by the duo at Central Noble and the NECC. But as a junior now, she's really, uh, really burst onto the scene. And a lot of people are, are really looking at her game and seeing how impressive it is. Yeah, and, and you could really start to see it uh, kind of take shape last year as we got bounced out by, by Marion. Uh, as that game was over, you could just see the, the glow in, in Hannah's eyes that she knew uh, if she put in the time that, that things were going to change for her. So uh, I'm not surprised at all after seeing the summer that she had that uh, she came out and has done what she's done. Uh, she put a lot of time in the weight room, and, uh, you know, she, she's earned everything she's got. So now it's just, you know, continuing to be a great teammate and, and finding ways to, to get yourself better as a player and decision-making and all the things that come along with, you know, uh, being one of those players that uh, night in and night out, knowing coaches are going to try to do everything they can to stop you. And Coach, she's just uh, one of the examples around the area where we see so many more girls uh, that are stepping into the high school game and being able to f- perform from day one. And it seems like almost every team in the area has an underclassman that's able to you know, jump right in there and play with the upperclassmen. And what do you attribute that to? Because it seems like more and more we're seeing uh, girls entering high school that are ready to play on the varsity level. You know, that's a great question. I think it's a combination of a lot of things. You know, how much basketball they play as a young child and uh, just some of their experiences. Um, a big one, especially in the girls' game, is, you know, if you can get a girl who can just be physical and and can handle the basketball well with both hands, I think just that right there in itself uh, puts puts them ahead of the curve. And, uh, you know, you start adding some, some more skill sets to that and, you uh, then there you go. You know, you get these kids like the Nelson girl over there, Concordia, 
and uh, the Patterson girl, obviously down there at Homestead, and uh, you start integrating them in with some some upperclassmen who have uh, shown over the years of you know what what that that time in the gym can really do for you. And here, here you go, you get these kids as they start to mature that turn into just be phenomenal players. Coach, you got Central Noble coming up tomorrow. You got the championship game if you win on Friday coming up Saturday. And then we only have two weeks left in the regular season. Then it's playoff time. You guys got uh, four regular season games down the stretch. A big one, I think a good barometer game with Belmont to cap the regular season on January 29th. But what do you want to see from your girls over these final few weeks heading into the postseason? Uh, the biggest thing is I just want to see them become a little better, uh, just gel a little bit, really really start to play for each other. I think at times, um, and it's not a fault to Hannah necessarily, but at times because of what she can do, I think at times we just kind of allow her to play and we forget about maybe those other kids on the floor and just continuing to really push that, hey, it takes more than just Hannah Noel. It takes the team. It takes Allie Lawrence. It takes Kayla and all these other contributors to really push us along and you'll start to see it on the floor when you really can tell when those kids start to play for each other how much higher the bar can be set and uh as far as what we can achieve coach i appreciate the time thanks for uh for giving us a few minutes talking about your team good luck the next couple days trying to win an necc tournament championship and hopefully we're talking here in a couple weeks uh with some postseason championships as well I hope so. Thank you very much. Baz coach Brandon Appleton, Angola Hornets, joining us here on the ESPN High School Coaches Show. His team 15-2, and two, the two losses at Bishop Lures to open the season November 12th. They also lost to Norwell November 16th, 69-63. to 63. Since then, it's been all dubs for Angola as they have 15 wins on the season. Brandon Appleton, 105-39. and 39. He's never won less than 12 games in a season at Angola. Uh, last year, or last two years in particular, very impressive. 23 and 4 in 2018. Last year, 21 and 7, and won a sectional championship. Angola, when you look at that field uh, at, at the Concordia sectional, you have a 15 win Angola team. You have 13 win Garrett, 13 win Woodland, a Concordia team that's 9 and 7. But of course, we know that Concordia uh, a lot better than their record indicates, although they've had some issues on the offensive end this year at times. So um, while the, the path may go through, Angola uh, for this uh, for the sectional coming up in a couple weeks. There's definitely some candidates in that field that could uh, really give them a challenge. But uh, we talked to the boys Bishop Lewis coach earlier in the show. After the break, we're going to talk to the girls head coach of the Bishop Lewis Knights, Mark Pixley. He'll join us after the break. We'll be right back. This is the ESPN High School Coaches Show on ESPN Radio 1380 and 100.9 FM. To ESPNFortWayne.com today. You're listening to the High School Coaches Show on Fort Wayne Sports Station, ESPN Radio 1380 and 100.9 FM. Welcome back to the ESPN High School Coaches Show. I'm Justin Kenny, DC Hendricks, producing here till 7 o'clock, another. Oh, 10 minutes or so before we uh, send it to break, and we'll come back with Cincinnati and Memphis joined in progress at the top of the hour. So if you're a Bearcats fan and you like basketball, tune in. 7 o'clock. And uh, here on the same station tomorrow, we will have girls-boys doubleheader out at Homestead. 
Snyder Panthers Homestead Spartans. Girls first at 6. Boys to follow at about 745-ish, hopefully. Depends on that uh, first game, but uh, coverage will start at 555. Jay Prince will have coverage uh, and be on the call for the girls. Brett Rump will step in after the sports rush. He'll rush over to the Homestead High School and broadcast the boys' matchup. So doubleheader coming up tomorrow night, Snyder and Homestead. As we get, uh, we continue to go through our girls-boys doubleheaders in the SAC, I think we have three left. Uh, over the next couple weeks, and a team that will be in action tomorrow on the road at Carroll. We talked to Fonzo White, head coach of the boys program at Bishop Lures earlier in the show. Now we're joined by the girls basketball coach, Mark Pixley, who joins us on the line. Coach, how are you? I'm doing good. How about yourself? Hey, we're hanging in here, and uh, a good start to the year for you. Three games, three wins, heading into uh, a pivotal game at Carroll. How do you feel your girls are playing? Um, you know, I'm pretty happy with the way that we've been playing lately. Um, really, since the Northrop game, kind of that fourth quarter of the Northrop game, we really turned up our defense, and we really haven't looked back since. Um, you know, it's just kind of an exciting time of the year. We got Carroll Friday, then we got Dwanger and Southside still ahead of ahead of us on our schedule, and then all that time, kind of peeking ahead to sectional time too. You know, trying to get your team ready and practice for that. And, Coach, you included in that run a six-point loss to Homestead in the SAC Holiday Tournament. And it seems like Lures the last couple years has been able to play Homestead tough in this tournament. Why is that? Um, You know, it's kind of funny. It feels like we play them about two times a year for the past four four years. You know, <laughs> we play them the last game uh, before Christmas break, and then we always seem to play them in the Holiday Tournament. But, you know, I think it's just that, you know, a couple of years ago, we got a win against them, and my girls have, you know, confidence going against them. And, um, you know, we just play them tough. And I think, you know, confidence, once you get that one win, you know, you can you can really feel like, I think, you know, half the teams that take the court against Homestead are almost beaten before the opening tip, and, and your girls are not afraid to play Homestead. No, you know, we look forward to the challenge, and, you know, this year, um, you know, we played them really tough at Homestead and, you know, arguably probably played them the best in the state, you know, so far. So that gives our girls a lot of confidence, you know, no matter who we're playing that, you know, we can play with the top teams in the state. And coach, you know, Lydia Reinbold has been the leader on this team. She's a leading scorer. She's a, a senior leader and a veteran. But uh, some of the other, I mean, Kennedy Glenn has been good for you. Delaney Bailey as well. Uh, Dory Javins. A lot of upperclassmen in here. Uh, Janiah Bright a, as well. A lot of uh, of senior group players and juniors as well that have really been around the program a couple years. You mix in a couple sophomores as well that that contribute for you. It's a good balance of veterans and also some newbies. Yeah, you know, we kind of, Lydia is our leader. And then the rest of the girls, you know, if they're, you know, if they were on another team, they easily could be, you know, their leading scorer or player. But, you know, we just kind of go off of what Lydia does. And what I love about Lydia is just how unselfish she is and what a great defensive leader she is on our team. And we kind of go with her. Yeah, as, as she goes, she you know she kind of leads this team, and and it takes a special type of personality to do that. You need somebody that's going to embrace that role, and Lydia has done it for you. Yeah, you know, I mean, pretty much we put her on the opponent's best player, and I've never seen a girl you know go out and guard 
Patterson from Homestead and then the next night go out and guard a point guard, you know, from another conference team. And that's what I love, just her versatility about it. And then, you know, all the other girls, you know, we have, I think, four or five girls averaging, you know, around seven, nine, almost ten points a game. So we just have a lot of weapons out there. And a couple of the sophomores, you know, Anna Parent's coming to mind that's played pretty well for you in spots. Uh, you have a couple younger girls that are really getting some, some key minutes for you. Yeah, you know, I've been real. That's one of the pluses that I've thought that's gone through the year is that, you know, our kind of sub coming off the bench, I knew what I had in Anna. You know, she played as a freshman. But I've been really impressed with Sarah Sylvester, Audrey Vassell, and Jayla Pike. They've all really had played some key moments for us because we were kind of injured with Dory and Kennedy in the beginning of the season, and they've just sort of grown into bigger roles than I thought they were going to have. Yeah, Dory missed some games, Kennedy as well. Are you guys full strength now? Do you feel like you're in a good spot? Yeah, you know, <laughs> I was just like our first game back against Concordia after break was like, man, this is the first time we've been full strength since the second game of the season. <laughs> so, you know, so we kind of get our roles back to how they we thought they were going to be. Did you see what you wanted to see from the girls that maybe had an expanded role with those girls out? Yeah, you know, that's what I was, you know, really impressed with is just how the girls that, you know, were going to be, you know, maybe looking at a couple minutes here and there just kind of stepped up. And, you know, now I have all the confidence of throwing them in, you know, any type of situation in the game. Coach, you got a big one coming up tomorrow at the field house against Carroll. Um, you know, Mark Redding always has his team ready to play, and, and they got 11 wins this year. Uh, coming off a loss at Penn last Saturday, a lopsided loss, I'm sure they're going to be fired up for tomorrow. But what kind of team do you face when you take on Carroll and Mark Redding? Oh, you know, I love the chess match. You know, you never know what Mark's going to throw at you. Um you know, it's going to be how we handle their, you know, press and then their half-court trap and all that kind of good stuff. But, you know, it's just going to hopefully rely on our seniors. They've been through it. And, you know, if we take care of the ball, you know, it should be a good game. And, Coach, you mentioned kind of keeping an eye on the sectional. Yeah, you're focused on these last couple weeks. But in looking at that sectional, how it lines up with every single team right now with double-digit victories in that sectional, you have Norwell, you have Belmont, you have Oak Hill, who is kind of in a quote-unquote rebuilding year at 12-6. and six. Uh, This is mm-hmm. a stacked 3A sectional at Mississippi. Yeah, you know, it's been like that the past couple of years. Um but we're just, we're just going to have to, you know, focus right now on our defense. And I think our rebounding offensively and defensively is going to be a key, you know, how far we can go in that sectional. And then you have just all the coaches in there, too. It's just, I mean, it's an amazing sectional to play in. And your team allowing just over 35 points per game. I mean, this team, you mentioned the defense. Uh, what kind of mentality does it take to consistently keep teams below their scoring average and, and you guys only giving up, you know, 35 a game? Um, you know, that's one thing that I'm most proud about this team is they just really bought into our defensive principles. And, you know, in the early part of the season, I think when our scoring wasn't there, we kind of let our defense down. But now, you know, we've kind of turned into a grinded-out kind of team where, you know, our girls are just really focused on the defensive end and following the scouting report. 
Coach, I asked Brandon Appleton this question. It was my final question for him. But after this week, we only have two weeks left in the regular season. What do you want to see from your girls in some of these big games coming up for you between now and the end of the end of the month? Um, you know, I think right now is we just want to be playing well and staying healthy. You know, I think that's the biggest thing these past the, these next two weeks is that you want to be playing well, keep everyone healthy, and then, you know, during practice you're just really working on the couple areas where you think you need to improve on for the state tournament. Coach, always a pleasure, my man. Thanks a lot for giving us the time. Good luck going to Carroll tomorrow, and uh, we'll catch up to you once we get in the postseason, hopefully after a sectional title. Yep, thanks a lot. And one thing I just want to say, you know, I hope our my prayers and everything are with Rod Parker, and, you know, I want to see him back on the sideline as soon as we can. Yeah, definitely. He sits there at the end of the bench, and you know he's, he's like, itching to get into it, you know. But uh, Oh, yeah. <laughs> still recovering. Yeah, I yeah. can't wait to coach against him again. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks, Mark. Yep, have a good night. That was Coach Mark Pixley of Bishop Lewers Knights, of course, talking about Rod Parker, head coach of the Homestead Spartans, who uh, stepped away um, late last year um, for to be uh, treated for cancer. Um, all indications are things are going well, but uh, fighting cancer takes a heck of a lot out of you, and uh, Rod Parker is still dealing with that stuff. Um, and it, we hope to get him back. Um, before the end of the season, um, at least in a head coaching capacity. Um, he sits there. Um, we've seen him on occasion at the end of the bench, um, you know, kind of watching his girls, maybe giving some insight here and there, but not involved in the uh, every possession type uh, uh, conversation as a head coach. Uh, Kara Ankenbrook has done a phenomenal job, interim coach uh, for the Spartans. So, uh, yeah, we're thinking about you, Rod. Hopefully we see you uh, back at full strength, full capacity here sooner rather than later. But uh, uh, good good news from, from Rod Parker in his recovery, uh, but it uh, potentially could be a lengthy one that carries uh, past the season, at least the girls' basketball season. So uh, we got a couple minutes left here, D.C. Uh, what do you, I mean, you, you're doing the scoreboard show now on Saturday night or Friday nights, allowing you to, uh, to maybe get a little bit more input. But what are you looking forward to over the next couple weeks? SAC-wise, do you see you know one team emerging uh, above the rest on the boys' side? Uh, not really. I mean, you have obviously have Carol. I think it's going to come down to um, Carol Homestead. Yeah. Close to the end of the year. I know we'll have that game February 21st. I think that's what it's going to come down to. And it's weird because I talked to Marty Beasley before the year, and I bring this up. And, you know, he was very optimistic about this team this year. I had no idea. He he told me he literally just wanted to compete in the SAC this year. And look at him right now. Yeah. On top of the conference. Then on the girls' side, obviously you expect Homestead girls to run away with the SAC. But I look at the NEA right now, and I think you and Dan were talking about it earlier. Mm-hmm. The conference is wide open right now. You guys were ranting and raving about Norwell before the year, yeah, we thinking were. they're just running around, running away with it. And look at it right now. I mean, you have, I mean, essentially three teams that have a shot, right? Um, th- but there's four in the mix. Yep. So you look at the NE8 and girls right now. I'm looking forward to the way that ends. And you know, as the season progresses. Yeah, Belmont, Huntington North, Columbia City, all in the conversation there in the NE8 on the girls' side. Uh, once again, tomorrow night, a pivotal one: Homestead and Snyder on the boys' side. You'll hear that. 
1130-ish here on ESPN Radio 1380-100.9 FM. The girls' game will preface that at 6 o'clock. Jay Prince will bring you that game. Brett Rumpf will bring you the boys' matchup. That's going to do it for us uh, for tonight. Thank you to Dan Vance. Thank you to Fonzo White of Bishop Lures and Mark Pixley of Bishop Lures, as well as Brandon Appleton and Gola Hornets. Uh, that's going to do it for us. We'll be back next Thursday, 6 o'clock. We'll talk some more basketball and review this weekend. For Nerdy D.C. Hendricks, I'm Justin Kenny. This has been the ESPN High School Coaches Show. ESPN Radio 1380, 100.9 FM. Podcasts by Federated Media. Podcasts by Federated Media.